If you're enjoying the Teas Made podcast, I would love for you to check out my blog, which is also called The Teas Made. We're doing something called the So Slow Book Club, where I'm writing about the same book all year long. And I'm writing regular essays on everything from sending kids to college to why and what I'm loving creating in the kitchen these days. When you subscribe for free, you'll get my posts in your email inbox, or you can jump in on the conversation over at my page. I also have some optional goodies for paid subscribers that you're going to want to check out too. Spring is here, and I have a long list of topics I'm planning to cover. Everything from updated skincare recommendations to some recipes for fun spring-themed beverages. Come join the conversation about connection and creativity at theteasmade.com. At this time, seven years ago, I was in the very early stages of a divorce. My five kids were ages seven to 18, and that first holiday season was really hard. And so was the holiday after it. And if I'm being honest, the one after that too. But in every season since, holiday and otherwise, there have also been moments of joy and connection and peace. Even the two years that the kids and the cat and the dog and I were crammed into a house so small that there wasn't room for both the Christmas tree and the television in our living room. Just to be clear, we chose the tree. This year, going into my eighth holiday season since that separation, I am newly remarried. And while the kids in my lives are in nearly every way better than they were that November seven years ago, they once again look really different. And we're once again learning to navigate a major life change during the time of year when most of us just kind of want everything to be the way it's always been. In today's episode of The Teas Made, we're going to explore what it looks like to anticipate, plan, and experience a holiday season during a time of change. I'll be joined by writer Kelly Hampton, who will share about her first holiday season as a newly single mom as she navigates a divorce and a new town with her three kids. Keep listening for more in this episode of The Teas Made podcast with me, Megan Francis. Hi friends, you're listening to The Teas Made and I'm so glad you're here. I'm Megan Francis, a writer, mom of five, and a lover of books, walks in the forest, cozy blankets, and of course, steaming cups of tea. This podcast is your chance to step out of the busyness of everyday life and find some calm and connection with cozy conversations about everything from natural wellness and self-care to creating comforting rituals and routines in your home and family life. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about beverages as well, including my very favorite beverage, tea. So take a moment to pour a cup of your favorite drink and pull up a chair. The tea's made, and I'm so glad you're here with me. Welcome to episode one of The Tea's Made. I am so excited to have you here with me for this new podcast. I already feel so good about it. So before we get into our topic today, I wanted to share what I'm drinking right now. And that's something I plan to do in every episode. And I'll also try to share a little information about the tea as well. Sometimes these will be sponsors or affiliate partners and sometimes just tea makers I really love. And today's is not a sponsor, just a company I really admire. So right now I'm sipping a cup of Gorge Sunrise from Good Medicine Tea. They're a small family-owned tea company located in Oregon, and this is my go-to morning tea. It's a really nice blend of black teas, including Assam from India, Ceylon, which is from Sri Lanka, and Kenyan tea, which is obviously from Africa. 
And that is the trio of teas that traditionally makes up an English breakfast blend. So this would be purposely created to pair well with milk and sugar, which is the way it would traditionally be drunk in England. Although I think this is a great one to try if you're maybe just experimenting with drinking tea black or even wanting to cut back on sweetener or milk. I also wanted to mention that I am drinking loose leaf tea. That is my preferred way to drink it. But Good Medicine Tea also does carry tea in those pyramid-shaped tea bags. And if you're going to use a tea bag, that is the sort I recommend. They allow for a much better circulation of water through the bag, so you're going to get a better tasting cup of tea. So if you would like to try Gorge Sunrise, you can use the code TEASMADE for 15% off your first order at goodmedicinetea.com. So as I mentioned at the top of the episode, this is my eighth Christmas since separating from my ex-husband. And while my kids and I went through huge changes during and after the divorce, especially the first couple of years, there was some comforting familiarity to it for a while because my ex and I decided to keep doing Christmas morning together all together with all the kids as long as we could. And up until last year, we did every single year. Well, late last spring, I remarried. And now I, along with my teenagers, Owen and Clara, live with my new husband, Eric. The older three boys are out living their adult lives. And so needless to say, we're looking forward to a very different holiday season from what we've been used to. So as I've been working on crafting what our new version of Thanksgiving and Christmas will look like, it really got me thinking about what's important to me during the holidays and how I can lean in on those foundational things to create a season of celebration that feels appropriate to where my family is right now and leave space for me to get what I want out of the holidays as well, which is so important because we are creating experiences for ourselves alongside the experiences we create for our families. So to dig in deeper on this topic, I chatted with my friend Kelly Hampton. She's the author of the New York Times bestselling memoir, Bloom, as well as an OG blogger at Enjoying the Small Things and, of course, a well-known Instagrammer at ETST. Fun fact, Kelly was my very first guest on the first podcast I ever had. It was called The Kitchen Hour, and I started it more than 11 years ago in 2012, so it just felt appropriate for Kelly to be my first guest on this new podcast. Kelly is one of the most intentional mothers I know, and she's amazing at creating a vision about the kind of home and family life she wants and then really bringing that vision to life. It's been so fun watching her and her kids nest in their new home, which, by the way, is in Michigan. And in this conversation, Kelly and I talk about some of the hardest and best parts of her big life transition, how her community has shown up for her, and what she's hopeful about this holiday season. Hello, Kelly. Hello. I'm so happy to see the inside of your new house. I know. You see my little, my little office corner here. Okay. Let's start by talking about this huge change that you and your kids have been through over the past several months. Things were the same for a long time. And I don't even know how many years I was married, lived in the same city, raised my kids, same house, same everything, same yeah. friends. And my marriage kind of fell apart the last few years. And I moved with my kids to Michigan, where I grew up. Lots of family here. My sister lives less than two miles from me. My dad's here half of the year up north, so we can go up to the cabin. But settling into a new city, new schools, my kids have never had to move schools before, meeting new friends, and being on my own, you know, doing some things that I've never had to do. It's absolutely terrifying, but also exhilarating. And my first goal was just to make this home feel like home and make it cozy and a place where the kids want to be. So that's what we've been doing since, say, we moved in here 
and July, just a few weeks before school started. And now I feel like we are completely settled in the home. Everything, it feels like home to all of us. Yeah. I mean, it looks great. And I, I have loved watching on Instagram your nesting process because you've been very intentional about it and just deciding where things go. And, and also I can really tell that you have an eye to having people in your home and accommodating people and, and being hospitable and all that. So you could really see that play out. What has been some of the most fun projects? Let's start there. Like what's been one or two of the most fun things to do in the home? The kids' bedrooms were fun. That was the very first thing I did. I think one of the fun things, I like a challenge. Number one, fun to, especially in this world of social media where we're seeing so many home renovations and just over-the-top projects that are absolutely beautiful, but just like, oh my gosh, that was thousands upon thousands of dollars. So it was really fun to take everything that was in our old house and make it work in this house. I've bought very little, you know, a lot of the little things we've done are there. I call them mini makeovers or putting lipstick on a pig, like knowing (laughs) this is something I want to do major renovations to someday, but how can I make it look really beautiful and feel good with what we have running to thrift shops and swapping things out of one room for another. So that I love a good challenge, especially when it comes to home and decor and realizing you can do a lot with just small little things paint, paint's huge, artwork. So that's been really fun. Cozy is a big thing for me, especially coming from a tropical climate where I always wanted that northern cozy feeling. And I feel like I did pretty good. You know, people would walk in our home and be like, this feels like a Michigan home. I'm like, thank you. That's what I wanted. But Yeah. yeah, making things feel cozy, especially given, I mean, I'm the product of a family separation and divorced parents and knowing what it felt like and just wanting to give my kids this security and love and especially for going through a huge year of transition. So any ways that I can make them feel loved. It's funny because I've likened this house a lot when I explain how much I feel home here. I feel, I almost feel like it's alive. I call it, it's a she, she's, she's a person. Mm. The house is alive and there's, it feels like I'm being nurtured by this home. I, my little Mm. kitchen that I go to every morning, almost feels like it's a little grandma. Like I wake up in the morning and she tells me good morning. There is somewhat of a a personification about the house, but I feel like during a year where you've gone through it too, where you're taking care of so much. It feels nice to be taken care of. And I feel like this home is kind of doing that for me. I definitely remember that feeling in our first space that wasn't like the marital home. Cause we, we did the nesting thing for a while, which was like the kids stay in one place and the parents come and go. And there comes a point where you're like, okay, <laughs> the time for that to be done now. Yes, yes. And glad that we got to do that. I do think it helped with the transition, but then it was just like, this needs to be over. And I remember that first space. It just yeah, it kind of felt like it just wrapped its arms around me and was like, this is, this is your place to start healing. And I think that now, like years later, I can look back at that and be like, wow, that was really important. And the reason it felt so good, it felt so important that the home felt so good. Like I had to have that it was big. It was a big deal, a big deal for me and for the kids as well. Yes. It's funny. I've talked to certain friends that have gone through really hard things. I have a very close friend who lost her parents as an adult, both, both of them. And she was telling me, uh, she told me once, she said, you know, what you do in terms of your 
your kids' bedrooms and how much energy and love because home is important to me. She said that will never, ever go away. She said during my grief and my, she's in her 60s. She said, I still, the place I go to in my mind to make myself feel safe and loved is I imagine my childhood bedroom. I imagine I, mm. I can picture what the walls look like, the curtains yeah. fluttering. I thought about that so many times. Oh of gosh, like, I can too. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally like, see it. Yeah. It's a gift that we're giving them to ground them in the future too, when they're going through hard things and they're not in this home anymore, that it's still a place they can go to in their mind that where they always remember love. Yeah. So that's important to me. I'm curious. And I know you've always been someone who's, who's been, it's been important to you for ever since I've ever known you to make your space cozy. You've developed a lot of skills along the way and all of those things. Has there been anything besides the fact that you're getting divorced and that's really hard? Has there been anything harder about doing this, you know, this redecoration, these renovations or whatever it is you're doing to the home? Because maybe there were some skills that you leaned on your ex for or anything like that. Oh, a hundred percent. Even little things like I still in my mind have, you know, like that's a man's job, like taking out the Mm garbage, like even stupid things like taking out the garbage. Those first few weeks are like, oh, I have to take the garbage out. Somebody has to do that. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, we were talking like I, I really it's important to me to try and figure out how to do things on my own. But there are some things, you know, Brett was really good at technical issues. He could do hook up a computer and it takes me six times as long. I get really frustrated when something goes wrong, when the printer jams, I just want to throw it against the wall. I do not have the patience for technical issues. So like having to do that or when the kids, you know, Dash wanted something hooked up his Nintendo switch, the TV. And I'm just like, I can't do it. I I don't do this. It's not my area. (laughs) And having to figure it out, but you do prove yourself that usually it's more in our mind. And once you do it, it's never as hard as you think it was going to be. That. And I think you realize some of it, if, if it's just not important to you, it's just not important to you. So right. our home immediately became way less techy because I just didn't care. I didn't right. care yeah. how, you know, many streaming services we had hooked up or whatever. I just didn't, it didn't bother me. How so big the TV it is. Kind of didn't bother. It didn't care how yeah. big the TV was. Yeah. And then it kind of became like, okay, well, kids, if it's important to you that we're able to like do this casting or whatever the thing was, you guys got to figure it out. And they really did step up and figure it out at once they knew they couldn't lean. Well, and I'm like the stereotypical old person in a you know commercial. Like I can't figure out how to make the remotes work. I'm standing there holding all the remotes going, which, which one does what? And then the kids would start to just kind of laugh at me and go, okay, mom. And I do it all it the out. time. Just hand them my phone. Just like figure this out for me. Yep. Yeah. 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 We're allowed to do that now. Right. 100%. We're at that. We're at, that, we're at we're the getting age. to that stage. Yeah, yes. exactly. Exactly. That's what we had kids for. Come on. A hundred percent. Okay, friends, you have already heard me talk about my new Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic. I love these versatile, classic, and comfy slip-on shoes, and the Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which is what I want to tell you about today. Bionic Vitals contains some of Bionic's most versatile daily styles. So if you've been curious about Bionic but are overwhelmed by all the choices, start with the Vitals collection first. The Willow Flat was my very first Bionic style, and I have been in love with it for years. I'm also eyeballing the Chardonnay heeled sandal for summer date nights. Like all of Bionic's footwear, the shoes in the Bionic Vitals line are super comfortable, stable, and supportive with Bionic's exclusive Viomotion technology. 
Go to vionicshoes.com slash vitals to find the vitals collection and use the code teasmade at checkout for 15% off your entire order plus free shipping when you log into your account. That code is good for a one-time use only, so be sure to make the most of it. That's teasmade, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E, for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com. Well, we're heading into the holiday season. I know when you and I are recording this, we're just prior to it. We're still firmly in fall, but no, we're starting to think about that. Oh, I put a toe um, in that pond really early. So I'm, yeah. I'm in it. Well, I, and I will also say that for me, I used to be sort of hardline about not celebrating the holiday too early. And I made all these rules for myself. Like I wouldn't put the music on until after Thanksgiving and I wouldn't start decorating until whatever. I realize that now I just don't care. Like if I feel like getting out the Christmas stuff on November second, I'm gonna happy. do it. Yes, exactly. It's, it's exactly. Funny. It will always be one of those internet fights where people just love yes. to stay present, be in the moment, be grateful, and that's too yeah. early. You're not, and I'm just like, let everybody love what they want to love. For me, Christmas right. doesn't get old. Like I love the fee- I love the lights. I love the decorations. I, I want it as much of it as I can. I get yeah. it gets old yeah. the day after Christmas. I want it down. So I. Right. The more I you want can it to feel it up. Yes. The, the more beginning. I can get yeah. of it. I get, yeah. I get tired of Halloween. Yes. I'm ready to kick these pump, pumpkins to the curb. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. These spider yes. webs, midnight tonight, everything's yes. off. We're actually recording this on Halloween. I'm looking out the window and there's snow coming down and I'm like, Ooh, like there's, so there's like all the yellow trees and the pumpkins and everything out there with snow falling on it. And I'm like, all right, let's get this moving let's along. Go. What a great transition. Yes. I think your snow is coming to us in a couple hours. We're supposed to have it at six, which yep. will be our first snow, which I have not had like a <gasps> first, like I'm it's, we're all excited. Okay. So that's so cool to hear. Cause I was actually going to ask you what you're excited about going into this holiday season. And obviously just the fact that it's here is a big yeah. one, but specifically, what are you excited about doing for the first time with your kids? Maybe for the first time with just you and your kids. I feel like this is a big thing. That it first is. holiday that you get to make your own. Yeah, it is. First snow is definitely something we've talked about. And my kids, they're Florida kids. They don't know any of this. So we are excited to go sledding. We all know where the sledding hill is that all the kids go to. I'm excited for after years of doing Christmas morning, you know, trying to create that cozy atmosphere. But in where we lived, kids open their presents and then they're running outside in in the pool. And it was always weird to me. So I'm excited to just feel that really cozy feeling that you can't feel. I mean, unless you are in the cold or in the Midwest and, and feeling cozy inside and watching movies and having it snow outside. I'm excited to be with some family events. For years, I've been on the phone and FaceTimed and my brother and sister all together. And so really excited to be with my, my, I have three nieces and they're all incredible. I love to spend time with them. They're so smart and starting their lives off. I'm excited to be with them through the holidays. We were all texting this morning. My cousins, my sister, my nieces, were all trying to find this Christmas orchestra concert that we're all going to go to. And just sort of these, you know, I always, I don't know if I ever thought it was possible to grow up near my siblings and do this stuff together. And right. So, and then, you know, obviously there is this sort of tender area of first holidays. I'm, I'm predicting there will be some hard moments and 
looking back at old photographs and the holidays have always been important. And I feel like even in times where we were in turmoil or our marriage wasn't great, I always feel like we were great during holidays. Like we, Mm -hmm. we did it well. And so prepared to go there too and feel that I, you know, I don't know that it will be as bad as I imagine. I think I'm also prepared to move forward and make the best of Mm -hmm. it and make memories. And I think if you put the effort in and acknowledge the pain, I I think it's going to be okay. Yeah. I think that there's something there's like, we have to allow ourselves to have those feelings and not let them and not feel like it's one or the other. Right. It's like, you know, like you can be really sad, but also really happy that you get to do this on your own. And that sure. even and my ex and I were also great at, at holidays. But when I look back now at some of the, especially toward the end, some of those holidays, like I really did feel like I was dragging a heavy weight. Like yeah. it felt a lot like I wasn't really getting to relax into it because I yes. was busy, like not only magic making, but also covering up yes. what was really happening. And I think that you might experience a lot of relief and that will be really fun for you. Yes. And I think our last yeah. Christmas was the, was the hardest part of our family. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I think any Christmas compared to last year will be better. And I love people that <laughs> yeah. I've been through it too, that give you that permission. Cause I always feel like I have to give this disclaimer of, well, I know I might be sad and I'm in, and I've had people say right. like, you know, it's okay if it's not sometimes you're relieved and you're just happy that everyone's happy and you're moving forward and it doesn't have to be a grief fest. Yeah. Are there any new traditions besides the fact that you're in a totally different climate and near, you know, your family that you weren't before, but is there anything that you can see that you'll be introducing in your home that maybe you haven't done before just because now you have an opportunity to mix things up? Sure. Well, definitely like winter sports. I mean, like we've never made a snowman before, or my dad has a cabin that we've always been to in the summer and he goes back down to Florida, but he's leaving his cabin. It's he's not winterizing one of them so that we can go up there and there's a lake there. And so I'm, I'm hoping to ice skate with them. And so it'd be nice to have like a little winter getaway. There's several places in Michigan, I would love to visit in the winter. And I've always looked, you know, and other people's posts of like the little igloo places where you can go and have yeah. hot chocolate. So I'm seeking those out. Yeah. Also important to me, t- for my kids especially, to keep some traditions, you know, that not everything yeah. has, just because our family looks different, it doesn't mean everything, all the traditions died with it. We'll do a lot of the same things. We're getting kind of like a new interest. It's kind of late for it, but new interest in Legos with Dash. So oh, interesting. I, okay. I, I got one of the big Christmas ones. So we're planning like a, a movie night where we all make the Christmas Lego thing together. Yeah, I got to I got to I'm, I'm going to have to go research like what traditions can we add? Yeah. I'm always looking to add. Some well, we're still early. We're still early. We have lots <laughs> of early. Yeah. Yeah. And your kids are getting older, too. So you might just find that you're like, OK, this is a good time to let this thing go because they would have outgrown it anyway. And now everything's up in the air. It's like everything got thrown up in the air. So what do you keep? And then what do you add? And what do you just like kind of let go? Sure. And that's like something important that I've thought a lot about just with parenting. You hear so many Mm -hmm. people as their kids get older and once their kids are gone of how sad the holidays are. And it's important for me and everything that I do. It's not just for the kids to always make sure to do things. I hope that well after my kids are gone, I'm still doing some of these fun things and the 
the holiday bucket list and, you know, a lot of these things. It's not that we're just pouring it into our home for our kids, but I get a lot of joy out of it too. Yeah. And the, you know, the space you create for yourself will be what continues to support you after your kids have grown up and have their own families or their own interests. I'm, I'm starting to kind of come into that stage now where it's like, yeah, all the kids want to be together at the holiday, but they've all got, you know, the older ones have their own interests. They have jobs. They live, some of them live out of state. So there's like a lot happening and I have to have that rootedness for myself because I deserve it for me. Yeah. And you, and I want to model it to my kids. My dad is someone, you know, he does all the fancy tree with the beautiful ornaments and there's no kids coming over on Christmas. He does it for himself. And I want to model that to my kids. Yeah. I love that. Well, let's talk a little bit about your community. Cause I know that's been something you've talked a lot about on your social media and just, it seems from the outside and having met some of your family that there's a lot of closeness and that people have really showed up for you in a lot of ways over the past, however many months, what has that been like for you? And how do you see that impacting both the transition that's already happened, but also this first holiday season, this whole first year, what does that look like for you? I like, even when you're talking about it, I get, this is the one thing that makes me teary. Like I just, I I'm overwhelmed by the love and it, it has inspired me so much to just like, how are you showing up for people in the same way? When I first moved here on the day that I moved in, I had three big pods coming and I had to basically unload them myself. I had hired a couple of teenage guys, but my dad had sent a message out. I didn't even know on Facebook to all the family, all my cousins. And some of these are like cousins I have not seen in years. And I think one of them, I hadn't, I'd like babysat them when they were like five and six years old. Now they're in their twenties. And that morning, just cars just kept coming. We had neighbors coming Mm -hmm. over like, what in the world is going on? Just cousins I hadn't seen in ages, stayed all day, unpacked, carried things, put my kids' beds together. Not only my family, my sister being close and being so wonderful with the kids and not just in just like the physical labor of picking them up or, you know, helping out with tasks, but just knowing that they, that love and feeling grounded and having fun is so important during a year like this. My family has been incredible. It's made me even in the way that I raise my kids. I want my siblings. I want my three kids to love each other and be there for each other. Like my siblings have been for me and the online community. That's another thing. You know, you and I have both been in this community blogging, we've, you know, a lot of people finally gave it up and we've managed for all these years to hang on to our communities and continue to contribute online. And the support that my community has shown me through all of this has been incredible. I remember in therapy before I moved up here, before this is in the thick of, of splitting and I remember telling my therapist and crying, like my whole career is built on family. Like I do family Mm. things and family crafts and it's all just the five of us. And it's, and like, what's going to happen to my career? Like, I'm not going to be that typical family anymore. And almost thinking like silly of me, like people aren't going to be interested anymore. And of course there is like every once in a while, I feel like there's like a weird condescending, like, Oh, you poor thing. You know, I hate that. Can't get away from that. Right. (laughs) But 
I remember my therapist just smiling at me and she said, I think it will be the opposite. And she reminded me back when Ella was born and said, Mm. you took this, what you thought your family would look like and this completely different thing that a lot of families would think would be devastating. And you turned it into beauty and you helped other families that are going through it, show them that you can be a totally normal family and have all the beauty that every other family enjoys. She said, you're going to do the same thing. And you're going to, you're going to show other women who are losing years of a marriage or family, mm-hmm. that family still exists, that all the incredible things that you love and the crafts and the traditions and the celebrations that they don't, you're going to, you're going to make it beautiful. And however you do that. Yeah. And then I remember bracing myself, you know, the internet can be awful. Like the day I shared it, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? And just going through comments and crying that night, just the unbelievable support of women knowing exactly what to say, of celebrating you, of respecting your privacy. You know, a lot of, very few people just dug for more. So many people are just like, don't need to know anything. Just we're here for you. And just that has been incredible. And it really does make you feel loved. I know it's, there's a lot of interesting things we could talk about on, on online communities yeah. and parasocial relationships. <laughs> right. And it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yes. But they're real yeah. people. And I've mm-hmm. met, and I know you have too, these people and they're real yeah. women behind their screens and they have been wonderful. So yeah, that has been a huge, I know every time I think, oh, this is kind of hard. I think of the women who have done it without support or don't have families to help and, and they're doing it too. But I am so grateful yeah. for for the support and the love. Okay, friends, I got my pair of Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic, and I just had to tell you about them. They're cute and classic and really lightweight, and they do actually pack flat. I am definitely going to be taking these on all my spring travels, and I can see myself wearing them with everything from jeans and trousers to dresses and maybe a little later on shorts. I got them in camel leather, but they come in 12 different colors. The Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which features some of their most versatile daily styles. And of course, you know you can count on your Vionics to be super comfortable, stable, and supportive. Use code TEASMADE at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That code's good for a one-time use only at vionicshoes.com, and again, you're going to get 15% off your entire order. I'll also have a link to that offer on my shop page, and you can find that in the show notes. Again, the code is TEASMADE, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E, at vionicshoes.com. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. You mentioned a couple of times in in different Instagram posts I've seen of yours, this idea that like, there is more for you. And I know that's something that you feel deeply about yourself. And I also just really quickly want to say that, again, another conversation we could have, you know, that could go in many directions and we can't get to that today, but just around narrative, the importance of a narrative. And I think it gets such a bad reputation as though you telling your own narrative, creating your own, your own narrative is dishonest. I think you and I would both say we get to tell our stories the way we want them to happen, the way we feel they're happening. And yes. then sometimes, sometimes that means they're crappy, but sure. just like that, you know, that we have the, the power to take something bad and, and make it beautiful. That doesn't mean perfect. And it doesn't mean 
always great. It means there's beauty in it anyway. So anyway, I feel like there's this idea that what's happening in your life, there's a narrative you're creating and that it is that there's more for you. How has that played out in your community? How do you think it'll play out in the future in the way that you process this, this journey with your family? Sure. I think mindset is so important and we know there's scientific data around people who have diseases and have diagnoses and, and that mindset can actually change the outcome. It is so important to me to have that mindset of like, I hold, even though there are consequences and things that happen and Mm -hmm. things out of our control that we really do hold the pen of our own book and we get to write how we respond to everything. The motto there's more has become my anthem in life. It is, makes me feel empowered. And I started using it back when my kids were, you know, kind of coming out of toddler and elementary school. And I loved that young stage of motherhood so much. Mm -hmm. I just, I was hanging on to it, gripping it and just like feeling desperate, like these are the best days and they're going to be over and kind of flipping that script and saying there is more there. This is going to be over. But after that, there's going to be something else that's good. And there's always more to look forward to. There's more beautiful things in the future that you don't know are coming. So I used it kind of to make myself feel better through my kids getting older. But I've found be, be careful with the mantras that you pick, because this year I'm like, yeah. OK. <laughs> There's something that's funny, like more, there's more, more, there's more coming. You're like, oh my God, no, really? not another. And it's almost become so many, the way that this mantra fits in every script of my life right now, it's almost cliche. I have a, a banner in my kitchen that says there is more and just reminding myself that there, this isn't the end and this is temporary and there is more beauty and there is more to our stories. We don't know what it is, but we I mean, how many memoirs have we read and podcasts and stories of famous people who have impacted the world where their whole story is, you know, this horrible phase of their life or something that they went through and having no idea that things were just going to turn out so beautifully and there was so much joy ahead. I, I tell it to my kids, you know, my oldest has gone through a really tough year this year with health and it feels like this is going to be my forever and just feel like there is more You just yeah. to believe that and to so fully believe it is so motivating and changes the way that I live. And, you know, I love the, that idea of, you know, we can, we can go overboard, but of just romanticizing your life. And I try to do that in every little detail and appreciating from going downstairs in the morning and lighting my candle and playing my music and enjoying my coffee and almost my brain, like creating my own little movie that I'm living in to, to a point that makes me really enjoy and feel grateful for those details too going on a bike ride in the fall and just looking around and being like, this is so beautiful. Like I, I try to do that to kind of push me forward. I loved catching up with Kelly Hampton today and I hope you enjoyed our conversation. You know, even if you aren't going through a huge life change like a divorce or blending a family, holidays do change from year to year as our kids get older. And I think it's so worth spending energy and time being intentional about the way we celebrate and acknowledge holidays. One thing I'm realizing with a newly blended family, plus five big kids who are starting to have their own very specific preferences, and not even to mention my large extended family, I can't make everyone happy all the time, or even most of the time. Right now I'm considering which elements of the holiday are most important to me and making sure they don't get lost in the shuffle. I love tradition, but sometimes it's easy to get stuck feeling like we have to do things just because we always have. 
And this conversation with Kelly really helped inspire me to think creatively about how to prioritize what matters to this current version of my family and this current version of myself. I'll be sharing more about how I plan to transition our holiday celebrations here on The Teas Made over the next month or so. And if you'd like to share about your holiday celebrations or a big change coming up in your life, or you just want to let me know how you like the podcast, please email me. I'm at hello at theteasmade.com and I would love to hear from you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.